Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Proverbs 23 and verse 7 says this, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. So the Bible says, for as he, so as we as human beings, we as mankind, as we think within ourselves, so we are. Father, bless the reading of your word. Help me to teach and preach today, Father God. Help me to use your word and implant it into the hearts, minds, and spirits of your people today. Lord God, let the word stick. May the implanted word of God stick with your people today. Help me, Holy Spirit. I need your help today. God, I need your anointing. God, I need your power. God, I need your passion, your fire burning within me to share with your people today what I would be, what I'm called to share with them. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray in the church said, amen. Did last week help anybody? Did anybody learn anything last week with our kicking off our series, Get Your Mind Right? I hope that you did. So what we talked about last week is these things, right? So we talked about how you have a soul, you have a body, and that you have a spirit. Your soul is made up in three in one. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and emotions, right? And then we talked about your spirit. Um, and then we talked about your body. You have a body, right? Amen. Everybody got a body in the room. Come on, shout back at me real quick. So you've got a flesh, you've got a body, and you've got a spirit, you've got a soul, you have a mind. You're, we talked about your mind, will, and emotions. You can't change what you do until you change the way that you think about it. Y'all remember that part of it, all right? So your mind, your will, and emotions, your mind is the way that you think, your will is what you do, and your emotions is how you feel. Uh, you, you, you have a spirit, right? Your spirit was created with God and in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. So that, that what that means is that you with, with, was with God before you ever showed up here. So now what we're trying to accomplish is to get your mind to catch up with what your spirit already knows about you. Come on, somebody. We also want to walk and live by the spirit so that we would not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, Galatians 5.16, right? So we need to be walking in the Spirit. We have a Spirit, and we also have Holy Spirit, right, living within us. So you were created in God's image. You are three in one, just like God is three in one. Come on, somebody. We talked about that a little bit last week as well. I'm just recapping for a couple of moments, but you're by, you are three in one, body, soul, and spirit, and your soul is also three in one because it has a mind, will, and emotions that makes up the soul. Your spirit was created in Christ before the foundation of the world. Your spirit knows everything about you. Your spirit knows where you're supposed to be. That's why sometimes you're out there living a, a wrong life and living in a, in a mess and everything's going crazy around you. But something on the inside of you is saying you don't belong here. You were created. You were meant for more than what it is that you're living right now. Come on. Who am I preaching to this morning? Your, your spirit knows 
what your mind doesn't necessarily know just yet until you get your mind to catch up with what your spirit already knows. So this is why it's important that we got to do something to our mind. We've got to renew it. We've got to change it. I preached last week that eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has in store for those who love him. And at the end of that scripture, there's this little piece that says, and you have the mind of Christ. We need to be putting on the mind of Christ. So your spirit, your mind is playing catch up to what your spirit already knows. Jesus came to save your soul. So Jesus came to save your mind. Come on, somebody. Jesus came to save and sanctify your mind, which will save what you do and which will save what you feel. Oh, man, that's some that's some good teaching right there. See, Jesus came to save your soul, so that means he came to save your mind. He came to save and change the way that you think. And if he can change the way that you think, he can change what you do. And if you can change what you do, you can change how you feel. See, we live in a world that is so caught up in emotions and how we feel and we react to things about how we feel. But I'm looking for a people that will begin to react to things about how the way that God says that we should react to them. Don't get caught up in your feelings all the time. Your feelings are deceptive unless you have changed your feelings because you've changed what you do because you've changed the way that you think. So there's a small recap for you, and that's what we talked about last week. Amen. And so this week, I want to talk to you about the way that you think. We're talking about the mind. So you've got to understand. I told you all this last week. Where is knowledge obtained and retained? In your mind. You have to be very, very careful about what is going into your mind and what you are thinking and pondering on. So today, this morning, I want to talk to you about the things that you think about. Like, what is your thought life like? And let me encourage you on this topic because you cannot control what thoughts come into your mind, but you can control what thoughts you meditate on in your mind. Come on, somebody. I said, you can't control the thoughts that come into your mind. I don't care who you are. You've got some crazy stuff that pops into your head. But the question is, what do you do with the crazy stuff that pops in your head? Do you take every thought captive and make it obedient unto Christ? I ain't even preaching that verse yet, but I'm going to get there later. But do you take the thoughts of depression? Do you take the thoughts of anxiety? Do you take the thoughts of lust that pop into your mind? And do you take them captive? And do you make them obedient to what the Word of God has? to say about that thought and then do what God would want you to do. So, so what is it that you think about? You can't control every thought that comes into your mind, but you can control the thoughts that you meditate on. As a man thinks within himself, so he is. So if you think that you're depressed, you know what that says? You're going to be depressed. If you think that you're full of fear and anxiety, guess what? You're going to be full of fear and anxiety. If you think you're a loser, you're going to be a loser within your mind and within yourself. If you think that you're not good enough, if you think that you're never going to make it, if you think you can't make your wife or your husband happy and you're just, you're just ashamed or you're full of guilt as you think within your mind so you are where you think is where you will end up I talked to y'all see 
I talked to y'all a little bit about this last week. We got motivational speakers out here that will charge people $10,000 a time to come see them. And all they have simply done is take stuff out of the Bible, except they're not giving credit to where it actually came from. All this motivational speaker stuff that says, you know, you know, as, as you think, you know, what your thought life matters and visual, visualization and all of these things that motivational speakers talk about. It actually came from the Bible, and we read it right there. As you think within yourself, so you are. Change your mind, change your destiny. Change your mind, change your day. That's all biblical stuff. That, that's not what Tony Robbins come up with. Come on, somebody. The author of that is God himself. We better start giving them credit for it. But that's what the word says. The word says this, to think on things above and not beneath, to think on things that are right, to think on things that are noble, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything is praiseworthy, think on such things as what Philippians 4, 8 says. And the Bible also says, take every thought captive and make it obedient unto Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, but what is your thought process like? What is your thought life? Like, what is it that you meditate on? What is it that is continually on your mind? You know, the Bible has a lot to say about the mind and what we meditate on. You understand that meditation didn't start with yoga. <laughs> meditation started in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus would lock himself away in a prayer closet with his father and he would meditate on the things that God had called him to. And I'm guessing that he would meditate on the times that him and his father shared glory in heaven and they were with each other and he would strengthen himself in the Lord as David says by remembering all the times that God was with him in his past. That's how David strengthened himself in the Lord. And I could just see Jesus now in that garden meditating on the times that he had been with the father, meditating on that precious time when he come up out of that water and the father said, this is my beloved son, not just my son, but my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I can just imagine him thinking about the time that he's in that garden and the Mount of Transfiguration and that encounter takes place. And yet again, the father comes in and says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Jesus knew how to meditate on the father. He knew how to think about the promises that the father had already gave him. Jesus was so consumed with thinking about heavenly things and his father, he didn't have time for nothing else. That's why he walked in power, glory, and anointing. But the Bible has a lot to say about our mind and what we meditate on and how we think about things. And it can have a profound impact on where we are in life and also where we are heading. Scientists proved the word of God with this law that they established called the law of cognition. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Don't you love it when scientists prove the Bible? I love scientists when they do stuff like this. They just prove the word of God to be true, to be authentic. That's why the word of God has has stood through the test of time. It's an ancient book with ancient knowledge because it comes from an ancient being who's been here since the beginning, who created everything that you see and everything that I see and created your spirit. He created everything that is uh, not seen, which is eternal, and everything that is seen, which is temporal. God created it all. But scientists prove the word of God with this through the law of cognition. Your thoughts shape your life, and the law of exposure... Is also there. 
what you are exposed to, you think about. I could just preach this right here for a little while. Scientists have proven that there is this law in the universe called the law of cognition. And what that means is that what you think about, you will produce. There's also the law of exposure. Watch this. What you are exposed to, you will think about. Oh, come on, somebody. What happens when the teenagers get exposed to things that they have no business being exposed to? Then they begin to think on those things, and then they begin to live out those things. I know how this worked for me. When I was 13 years old, got introduced to 50 Cent. If any of y'all listen to him, I will reprimand you right now from the pulpit. No, I'm kidding. But that CD, Get Rich or Die Trying, it literally about ruined my life. Took me down a path that I had no business being on because I was exposed to a lifestyle of gangs and violence and drugs and women and this and that. And then as I was exposed to it, I began to think about it. And then as I began to think about it, I began to live it out. I've seen some crazy things for a, a, little, a little young man from Chevyville, Tennessee. I was a part of some crazy things. And it was because I was exposed to them on a CD. And then I began to meditate on them as a, as a young man and as a man. And then when I I was exposed to them and I began to med meditate on them, I began to live those things out. This law of exposure and the law of cognition is a powerful thing. So what I'm trying to tell you today is that what you think about, what you ponder on has a very profound impact on where you are heading to in your life. If you want to constantly expose yourself to the world and expose yourself to junk on TV and expose yourself to, to horrible music that's womenizing and talking about drugs and talking about this and talking about that if you expose yourself to it you will meditate on it and when you meditate on it get ready because you're fixing to live it out so here's what I would challenge you to do. What if we just begin to continue to expose ourselves to the word of God? What if we continue to expose ourselves into the presence of God? What would happen if we would expose ourselves to the word of God and we exposed ourselves to authentic Christians who really live out what they tell you they're living out? What would happen if we would expose ourselves to the kingdom of God? What would happen if we would expose and meditate on the law of God and the word of God? You know, in Joshua, the Bible says, says meditate and think on the law all day long is what he told Joshua and if you do this you will be successful and I will be with you everywhere the sole of your foot treads the territory will become yours oh come on I'm looking for some people that want to start taking territory back for the kingdom of God that says I'm willing to think about the things of God I'm willing to think about the law of God I'm willing to think about the word of God I'm willing to think about Jesus so that I can be exposed to him so that I can meditate on him and think about him and then I can walk like him I can talk like him I can live like him come on somebody y'all on the front row don't worry the spit's anointed <laughs> bless the Lord come on what what you think about what you ponder on what you are exposed to will take you down a path I'm trying to tell y'all what what kind of path do you want to go down? What, what, what kind of path do we want to take our children down? Come on, somebody. What kind of path do we want to take our children down and our grandchildren? What kind of legacy are we trying to leave for our children? I'm telling y'all, what you think about, what you meditate on, you will produce it in your life. Law of cognition. The law of exposure. 
You see, what did we just read in Proverbs, a book that is known for the pure wisdom of God? You understand the book of Proverbs, I want to help you with this today. It's God's mentality. It's, it's God's mental state. It's the way that God thinks is in Proverbs. You ought to read one every morning when you get up and get ready for your day. Read your Proverbs every single morning before you get up and get some godly wisdom for your day. Get exposed to some godly wisdom for your day and see if you don't produce some godly wisdom in your day. It says, as a man thinks within himself, so he is. So as mankind thinks within himself, so he is. So what the Bible is saying here is what you think about yourself, what you think about your situations, what you let run through your mind all day long, what you meditate on are the way that things are to you. If you continually think and say, I'm a loser and I'm always going to be one, guess what you're going to be? If you think that you can never gain a victory, guess what? You'll never have any. If you can't think millions, you'll never see any. If you can't think of pay raise, you'll never get one. If you can't think about a degree and say, I can work hard and get this, you'll never have one. You'll never get the diploma. You'll never get the degree. You will disqualify yourself from things that God might have in store for you if you don't get your mind right and renew this thing and get your mind to line up with your spirit and tell your flesh to sit down, hush and take a seat and listen to what the spirit of God is telling me to do and what my spirit is already provoking me on the inside to do and produce what the kingdom of God has called me to produce. If you can't think miracles, you'll never see one. Come up here asking for healing, but thinking that God's not going to heal you. Guess what? You will not get healed. Jesus says, don't even come to me and ask for stuff if you don't got the faith to believe that it will happen. I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm calling them higher. Come on, help me out. I'm calling you higher today. I'm not condemning you. I'm not bashing you. I'm not beating you up. If you don't have information, you can't do anything with it. So if I don't ever get up from a pulpit and tell you you can be healed, you just have to have the faith to be healed. If I never tell you that, you might walk up here with doubt and fear and worry in your mind and never receive what God has already paid for. I kept praying in people's ear while we was up here praying for the healing. When Jesus said it was finished, he said it was finished. When Jesus said it's done, he said it was done. The Bible says by his stripes you were healed, past tense. So that means it's already yours. The question is, can you receive it in your mind so that you can receive it in your spirit and then your body can receive it and things will be all good in the hood? Come on, somebody. If you can't see miracles, you'll never see any. As your mentality goes, your life goes. So what the Bible is trying to tell you and us is that the mind and the way that you think is a very, very powerful thing. I feel the weight of this as I'm preaching this right now to you guys. I'm telling y'all, the way that you think is a very, very powerful thing. Very powerful. Because the way that you think about yourself is the way that it is to you. Oh, did y'all catch that too? Thank you, Holy Ghost, because I feel the revelation come on that. As a man thinks within himself, so he is. So that might be how it feels and how it looks to you, but that's not even the truth to everybody else out here. See, this is what gets crazy with, with, with folks that are dealing with lack of self-worth and all of those things. They have those things going on in, in here and in here, 
But everybody else around them thinks they're incredible. Everybody else around them thinks they're talented. Everybody else around them thinks they're awesome. God thinks they're talented. And God knows that they're awesome because he placed the spirit on the inside of them. He placed a destiny and a purpose on the inside of each and every individual within the sound of my voice that's sitting within the room today. And the question is, is your mind going to let you tap into the potential that God has already placed on the inside of you and that God had prepared good works for you to operate in before you ever showed up that's what the bible says in ephesians that we are the workmanship of his hands created in christ jesus that we would have good works and that we would go out and accomplish them but we can't do any of those things until we get our mind right y'all remember last week thank you holy spirit because i forgot about this part your mind has been affected from what happened in the garden see when jesus says you'll eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil what god is set where is knowledge obtained and retained in the mind so what god is saying is that when you eat of this tree of knowledge and good of it of good and of evil your mind is fixing to be infected and your mind is fixing to be affected so now what we've got to do as christians in the body of christ because when you get born again your spirit comes alive babe did you go get that bible okay that's all right. Um, but when you get born again, your spirit becomes alive. But now we as believers in the body of Christ, we've got some work to do. You've got to renew your mind. You've got to change the way that you think. Because the way that you think is going to have a profound impact on if you can get your mind to agree with what your spirit already knows. If your spirit was with God in heaven and was created with God in heaven before you ever showed up here, that means your spirit knows some things that your mind obviously don't. Because if your mind doesn't understand it, that's why there's that conflict going on inside of you. Remember we talked about it. Why, why am I at this job and I, I don't feel right? Why, why am I in this relationship and it just doesn't feel Why? Am I in this bed right now? Come on, I'll take it further. We real in here, right? Why, why am I in this relationship? Why am I? This doesn't feel like this is what God has called me to. What it is is your spirit is trying to get your mind to catch up with what it already knows. Why am I? Why do I feel like I'm at this dead end job and it's just not, it's just not fulfilling to me? And I, when I say dead-end job, you might be making $100,000 a year and feel like something's wrong. And it's because you're not supposed to be there and God has called you to do maybe something different. Here's another, why I'm at this job when I feel like I'm supposed to be at a ministry? What, what about that one? Or we'll reverse it. What, why am I in this ministry when I know God's called me to the work field? When God's called me to go make an impact in the harvest. We need some more people that are trying to get out of their, that, are, that will stop trying to get out of their jobs and into ministry. And we need some folks getting out of ministry and getting into the workplace. Because y'all are the ones that are going to make an impact and a difference on the work, on the work job site, on the uh, assembly line, in the factory, at the gas stations, all of those things. Like y'all are the ones that can make a profound impact on the world around you. Because the way you think about yourself is the way that it are, way that it is, way that it are. Help me, Jesus. 
But here's the thing that I find that's really sad. The thing that I find that's really sad is that I find a lot of Christians thinking about themselves that's not accurate because you need to think, know, and speak over yourself what the Word says about you. Not what your flesh or your carnal way of thinking is wanting to make yourself believe about yourself. By the way, the Word says... That your carnal mind, your fleshly way of thinking is at enmity against God. In other words, the way you think outside of being in communion with the Spirit of God is God's enemy. Let me just go here real quick. Because y'all going to hear me say this a lot if you attend this church. We've got to understand in the church that God's great cosmic foe is not Satan. He's not this co-equal supernatural being that's in this cosmic war for the soul of mankind. Come on, somebody. I knew I wasn't going to get no help going here because we always got a devil to blame it on. We, we always got a spirit to blame it on. But can I tell you what the Bible says? The Bible says that your carnal mind is at enmity against God. I'm not saying that devils don't come. I'm not saying that dev the devil's minions don't attack you. I'm not saying any of those things. But what I am saying is that the Bible actually teaches that your carnal mind is at enmity against God. Your carnal way of thinking is at war against God. The war, the war that's going on in you ain't some angel over here and a devil over here. What it is is your mind and your carnal way of thinking at tug of war with your spirit and the Holy Spirit who's trying to get you to a destination, trying to get you to a destiny, trying to get you to where it is that God has called you to be. So God, let me help explain that. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So you want to know what that means? Satan was finished before it ever got started. Jesus. Mm. So many people got this thing confused and they think that God's great adversary is the devil. But the Bible teaches that. God's great adversary is your mind until you renew it and until you change it and until you get it lined up with the will of God. God's adversary is your way of thinking outside of communion with Holy Spirit. Think, think about your thought life real quick and it'll prove what I'm telling you. That's what I was telling you earlier is that you got to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. First of all, you don't know how to do that if you don't have the word in you. That's why you got to have the word in you. Think about the things, even as Christians, crazy stuff will pop in your head. Some of y'all looking at me like, y'all holy in here. Hold on, man. Don't make me call some of y'all out. I'm kidding. But seriously, you, you can know what I'm telling you is true. But here's the thing. Like I told you earlier, it's not the thought that comes in your mind that, that, that can destroy you. It's the thought that can come in your mind and stay that will destroy you. It's not the thought that comes into your mind one time about wanting to be successful, but it's the thought that stays in your mind about wanting to be successful. Come on, come on. You ain't getting a degree by thinking one time in your head, I think I want to get a degree. No, you better think on that every single day and put in the work every single day. God, the adversary is your way of thinking. That's why the Bible says in Romans 12 too, be not conformed by this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I feel like preaching that real quick. See, the whole purpose of Christianity is to be transformed. Yeah. Be not conformed by this world, 
but be transformed. Be not conformed by this world. So you want to know what that means as believers? Our life should not look like the world's. I ain't talking about the way you dress. Because I can see it now. Some of y'all be sending me an email. Well, you dress like a teenager. It ain't about the way I dress. It's about what I do. That's how your life can look like the world. Jesus, and I'll, let me back that up with some scripture before you try to send me another email. John 7, 27 says, do not judge by appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So don't judge the way I look. Judge what I do. So oh, we got to get a hold of that in the body of Christ. You can't judge me. Now, Paul says, what business do I have doing out, judging outsiders, but I'm called to judge the inside of the house of God? Do you not know that we as believers will judge even angels? That whole stuff's got to get out the church, too. You, you can't judge me. No, no, actually, the word says that I do need to judge you because if I love you and I care about you enough, if I see you doing something destructive, I've got to love you enough to say, look, baby, you're doing this wrong. I love you enough to say, look, you're better than this. I got to call you a little bit higher. You've got more anointing. You've got more power. You've got more purpose than what you're living or what you're walking out right now. And do it in love. Let me say that. Help me, Holy Ghost. You don't need to be sitting down and correcting folks. First of all, well, I, got, I better be careful with that. But let's not go around just correcting anybody and everybody, especially Jesus says, pull the plank out of your own eye before you try to start pulling sawdust out of other people's eyes. And here's one thing that we really got to understand. Stop speaking to people's situations when you got the same problem. <laughs> we, we. We got to stop doing that stuff. We need to operate and talk with people in love and say, I see what you've got going on right now. Look, I've been there. Hey, that's another thing. Look, if you've been where the individual is, you want to know what that means? You are qualified to speak into their life. I am qualified to speak into individuals' lives who are dealing with addiction because I come out of it. My brother is qualified to talk to people who are coming out of homosexuality because he came out of it. What is it that God has called you and qualified you? Is it you have you come out of depression? That means you are qualified to talk to the individual about coming out of depression. H have you come out of anxiety and fear? Come on, somebody. Huh? You are qualified to go speak to an individual who has come out of fear. I, I see my brother Wayne back there and it just excites me. Y'all understand we're talking about healing. He didn't leave the city of Chevyville for what, 15 years? And one of the first services that he came in, I said, the spirit of fear and anxiety and worry is being broken off right now from this stage. He didn't even come to the altar, but he left Chevyville that day. The power of God is real and the mentalities can be shifted and changed if you'll just receive the word of God. Amen. So the Bible says God's adversary is your mind until you get it renewed. Be transformed. Here's, you know, the whole purpose of Christianity is for you to be transformed. For your life to look like Jesus, because I can promise you it didn't before, even if you was a good person. Right? Your life needs to look like Jesus. There's something on the inside. See, this is why Jesus changes it up. He says, you are called to love your enemies. You can't love your enemies until you give your life to Jesus. I can promise you that. But you are called to be transformed into the image of Christ. 
Remember we talked about being chosen and predestination and all those things. Do you understand what predestination is all about? Romans 8 says that you are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So in other words, you were predestined for your life to look like Jesus. But you can't be transformed until you renew your mind. You cannot be transformed until you renew your mind. you got to change the way that you think by renewing your mind so that you can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The Christian life is one of victories and success if you're in the will of God. Did y'all catch that last part of that, that, that scripture right there? It says, so that you will know what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. The Christian life is one full of successes. I'm not saying that you won't go through no valleys. I'm not saying that you won't go through no hard times. But from an overall standpoint, the Christian life is full of successes when you are in the will of God. How do you know the will of God? You've got to renew your mind. You've got to transform yourself. You've got to change the way that you think. So the Christian life is full of victory. Well, how do I know the will of God? You've got to renew your mind by the word of God and put on the mind of Christ. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. When you put the mind of Christ on yourself, that's how you can change. Come on. And this won't work. You got to read it. You got to study it. You got to read it when you don't feel like it. You've got to turn it on on your Bible app while you're driving down the road and just let it soak into you. Heck, turn it on while you're going to sleep and let it soak into your spirit. Let it soak into your ears. You can't just throw a Bible on your head and have the mind of Christ. You got to get it in your mind. You renew your mind by the word of God so that you can put on the mind of Christ. You know what the word says about us in 1 Corinthians 2.16? We talked about it last week. That you now have access to the mind of Christ. You want to know what's so terrible about people that don't put on the mind of Christ? It's real sad because us preachers ain't telling you that you can do it. That's, that's the problem with it. See, I remember when I first got saved, all I heard was about the grace of God. So I just heard about the grace of God. It was the grace of God. The grace of God has saved me. The grace of God. The grace of God. The grace of God. Well, this is when I was in Teen Challenge. I was always hearing about the grace of God. But then I got home and I struggled for a little bit until I got in the prayer closet and found something different in my word. But I, I struggled for a little bit because all I had heard about the grace of God and nobody had told me that I actually have the power to overcome sin. People wasn't telling me that I had the power of the Holy Ghost, the same Holy Ghost that hovered above the waters as God was creating the earth, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, as Romans 8, 11 says, is now in me and it's now in you. If I got the same Holy Spirit that was with Jesus Christ as he was on the earth working and operating in miracles and teaching about the kingdom of God, that means that I have all of those things on the inside of me. That means I have access to the same mind that Jesus did. I'm tired of pastors not telling people that they can walk like Jesus, that they can talk like Jesus, that they can forgive like Jesus, that they can love like Jesus. We got to talk about grace, but we also need to talk about holiness because without holiness, you won't see God. You can say a prayer as many times as you want to, but if you do not have holiness on your life, if you are not separated from the world around you, you will not see God. Let the mind of Christ come upon you and study his word and spend time with his spirit so that it can change you. 
We got to start telling the whole truth. I always say it at this church. We want to be a church that is balanced. I want to talk about the scandalous grace of God, but I also want to talk about the hard truth. Jesus was the same person that caught a woman in the very act of adultery. It wasn't that she had pondered on it, thought about it, any of that stuff. That She was caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus says, where's your accusers? No one is accusing you. I don't either get up and watch sin no more. That same Jesus, that scandalous grace that he showed her. But he was also the same person that looked in the eyes of the religious leaders of the time, the Pharisees, and says, you're born of your father, the devil. We've got to be a balanced people that show people scandalous grace, but are willing to love people enough to tell the hard truth. Amen? The word says that you have access to the mind of Christ. And I don't know about you, but I want to think like Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to walk like Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to talk like Jesus. I want to love like Jesus. I want to talk like Jesus. I want to act like you. Guess what? Jesus also wasn't broke, busted, and disgusted. Y'all ever met believers that you ask them how they're doing and immediately you regret asking them how they're doing? Help me, Jesus. Here's, you want to know, here's where the real problem is at, thank you, Holy Ghost, is that there is the fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord. So you want to know what happens with the miserable Christian? They ain't spending time in the presence of God. I can fix that remedy real quick. Start spending time in the presence of God where the fullness of joy is, and you can't. You can't be miserable. You can't be beat up. Spend time in the presence and the glory of God. Some of it will get on you. Just ask Moses. He wasn't broke, busted, and disgusted. He was definitely persecuted, and people talked crazy about him, but he had a different mindset. Come on, somebody. He had a different mentality about life. He had a revelation that he was an alien in this world, but that he was a citizen of heaven. He was a citizen of another kingdom. He had a kingdom mentality. He had a kingdom mindset. He had a mentality that said, you can talk crazy about me all you want. I'm just going to keep loving people. I'm just going to keep freeing people. Come on, somebody. Jesus just thought different. He had a different mentality. He had a other world mentality he had a kingdom mentality and if we in the body of Christ will have a kingdom mentality things can begin to shift and change what if we in, had that mentality shift in the body of Christ and we started thinking heavenly again I'll tell you what would happen we would lay hands on our own head and say God change the way that I think so that I can be successful in your own kingdom or in your kingdom see you ain't got to have everybody laying hands on you all the time sometimes you need to get in a prayer closet and say God this thing ain't lining up with your will God this thing ain't lining up with your word God I need your help and God I need you to touch this thing and heal this thing and renew this thing and make it brand new so that I can be successful in the earth advancing your kingdom come on somebody God help me change the way I think about money so that I can stop being broke oh come on I knew I wasn't gonna get no help come on God God, God change the way that I think about money so that I can stop being broke. God, help me change the way I think about marriage so that mine can be healed. God, help me change the way that I think about my career so that you can maybe trust me with a promotion. God, give me wisdom to change the way that I think and perceive things in life so that they'll line up with your will. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 2, to set your mind on things above and not in things of the earth. Translation here is start thinking heavenly again. 
I told y'all, your spirit was with he- in heaven with God before you got here. I proved that with scripture over the last couple of weeks. But it says to set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Translation there is start thinking heavenly again. And I taught this a while, uh, a while ago when I preached and taught on the kingdom of God. But Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is the breakdown of the word repent? Re, do over. Pent, penthouse, right? Do y'all understand? Re, start thinking heavenly again. Man, that'll hit some of y'all on the way out. Your spirit was with God in heaven before you got here. And what the word's trying to do is to get your mind to line up with what your spirit already knows. So when Jesus says, repent, he's saying, start thinking heavenly again. You want to know what the word repent means in the Greek? Change the way that you think. Repentance is up here. Oh, come on, somebody. Repentance starts up here. What Jesus is saying is that we need to start thinking heavenly again. Change the way that you think. Stop being consumed by the troubles of this world and the behaviors of this world. And change the way that you think back to the original state in the garden before they ever ate of the tree and were infected. You know the way that they thought before they ate of that tree? They thought eternally and not temporarily. The Greek word for repent is metanoia. Metanoia. It means change the way that you think. It brings this whole thing of repentance into a new light. I'm going to help us. Look, this is not repentance. God, I'm sorry for smoking weed. I, I, I'm, God, I'm sorry for sleeping with my girlfriend this week again. God, I'm sorry that I cussed my boss out again and now I ain't got no job. <laughs> God, I'm sorry is not repentance. Repentance means changing the way that you think about those situations. That was just to name a few. God, I'm sorry for lying again this week. God, I'm sorry for being full of pride and arrogance. God, I'm sorry that I'm greedy with my money and I won't sow into the kingdom of God. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. That is not repentance. Repentance is changing the way that you think about those situations and it becomes, God, I know this ain't about you trying to suck the fun out of my relationship, but it's because of the sanctity of marriage and a covenant that you asked me to wait till I get married. It's a reflection of covenant with you, God. By the way, kids, put on your earmuffs. We had adults doing it. Sex is a whole lot funner when you ain't got condemnation tied to it. Help me, Holy Ghost. Calling you higher, calling you I'm not condemning you because what I'm telling you, if you got any of that stuff going on, you know what you can do when you leave here? Make a decision to just stop doing it. You, You can make a decision 
If you're lying, cheating, stealing, all those things that you might be asking God over and over again and just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's not real repentance. If you will change the way that you think about it and understand that God is not some old man in the sky with a long beard to hear trying to suck the fun out of life and just make your life miserable. But if you'll understand that marriage is a picture of the covenant with him, if you'll understand that when you're smoking weed and doing drugs, it's actually that you're practicing witchcraft. It's not that God is just trying to suck the the fun out of you smoking a J and having a good time. Come on, somebody. No, God is trying to get you to stop messing your mind up because if you're not sober and vigilant, Peter says be sober and be vigilant because your enemy, your adversary, the devil, goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's why God says be sober and vigilant. It ain't because he don't want you to have the Jack Daniels. It's because he does not want you to fall into a pit. It's because he doesn't want you to end up in hell separated from him. God is coming back for a bride that is spotless and without blemish. And here's the good thing about that, because I'm not talking about mistakes. I'm talking about rebellion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me help you all real quick. You know what sin means in the Hebrew? It's, uh, it's their very descriptive language. It's talking about like archery and you're aiming for the bullseye, but you miss it. You miss the mark. See, what we got confused in America is that we have blurred the lines a little bit. And we call it sin, but really it's rebellion because if you know you ain't supposed to be doing it and you continue to do it, you're not in sin anymore. You're in rebellion. You're not trying to hit the mark. You have said, God, I'm going to do things my way. God, you're okay with it. You know how I feel on the inside. You know, it's all good. I could, I could do this little drug. I could do this. I could do that. But no, what you're saying is, no, God, I'm not trusting you. I'm not trusting you in my relationships. I'm not trusting you in my recreational activities. I'm not trusting you in my career. God, I'm not trusting you. And when you don't trust Jesus fully, there's no salvation for you. That's, that's just the hard truth, guys. Scandalous grace, hard truth. It becomes God changed the way that I think about getting high and doing drugs and all of those things. Because your word says be sober, be vigilant. If you're stoned all the time, it's going to be so much easier for you to fall into a pit and to fall into trouble. We've got to change the way that we think about things. Y'all with me still? I'm almost done. Y'all with me? We got, we got to change the way that we think about things in the church. Our way of thinking needs to line up with the will of God and what the word of God says. We have to stop being consumed with temporary things of this world and begin to place our thoughts on the eternal. We need to start thinking like Philippians 4.8, which says, Think and meditate on whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, whatever is good, whatever is lovely. If anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. I don't know about you, but these are the things that I want to think about. And these are the things that I want to meditate on. Come on, somebody. I like. I, if you turn on the news for five minutes, my goodness. You won't hear nothing but bickering and arguing and doom and gloom and negativity. You ever talk to a person that just watches too much of the news? They're real easy to tell because all you got to do is ask them what's going on in your life. Well, brother, Biden's president, the sky's going to fall out tomorrow. I just know it. I know it. Sky's going to fall. Civil war's going to break out when they take our guns. Global warming is real. There's another virus coming, the Delta variant. It's going to take us all out this time. We'll be taken out with a comet in five years. 
off your TV and get in the Word. Think about whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is admirable. I want to think about things like when we had 30 people got healed of sickness in their body and soreness in their body and knees aching and this, that, and the third when we had a healing service in here at the tent revival a couple weeks. I want to think about things like Jeremy Smith last weekend up here and him being in Texas with his kids this week when last year he was in a grave and locked up by addiction and trouble and chaos. I want to think about food ministries that in the middle of a global pandemic, has helped feed the world. I I, want to think about good things. I want to think about the cross that enabled my salvation. I want to think about the Spirit of God at work on the inside of me. I want to think about how I can have a new mind and a new heart and a new spirit and think like Jesus and stop thinking like the world. I want to think about good things. I want to think about whatever is lovely, pure, and admirable. That's what the word of God tells us to do. I want to be pure. I want my thought life to be pure before God. And he wants yours to be pure. I told you before, you can't control what thoughts come into your mind. But you can control what thoughts you meditate on. You want to know what's the good thing about that? You're only responsible for the ones that you meditate on. You're not responsible for everything that comes into your mind because you're going to think some crazy stuff. But you are responsible for what you meditate on because what you meditate on, you will eventually do, which will affect the way that you feel. I want to think about things that are good, lovely, and admirable. I want to think about the phone call that I got last year where I was with another pastor and we were eating at a restaurant. We asked the waitress, is there anything that we can pray for you about? She says, my dad has cancer. We prayed right then and there. Prayed in the Holy Ghost and all in the middle of the store. We didn't care. We prayed. He went into that same restaurant a couple of weeks later. And she said, she came running up to him crying. Freaking out. Saying, you don't, you don't understand. My daddy got healed. I want to think about those things. I want to think about the lady in Bedford Manor who Jasper and Eric and them had went and prayed for about two weeks prior. She was going, they told her she had cancer. She was going to have more tests ran. She had breast cancer. And they was going to run more tests in it. They went and prayed for the lady. And she, we went there and did the outreach and the ministry event. She said, I don't know what happened, but I ain't got cancer no more. I, I want to think about those things. I want to talk about and celebrate stuff like recovery ministries that are making an impact for the kingdom of God. I want to to think, I want to meditate on our kids and our teenagers in the assemblies of God that are sending thousands upon thousands of dollars to missionaries across the globe that are making an impact and getting people clean water and getting... See, we take so much stuff for granted here in America, but we've got kids in our churches that are raising funds and ministry work and they're sending it overseas and making a difference and an impact in this world. I want to think about the ministry in India that we support with $300 a month, which is making a huge impact over there and what they are doing. Do you understand that with $150 seed twice... Once a year, you can change a little girl's life who might have been pulled out of sex trafficking. She might have been pulled out of of all kind of horrific stuff. She might have been pulled out of the streets and they train her and give her a job and you can change a life with something like that. I want to think about that. I don't want to think about 
all the chaos on the net. And don't hear me out. I don't need an email talking about, he told us not to watch the news. I need to watch the news. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying, what are we meditating on? I'm saying, what is consuming your thought life? Help me, Jesus. I want to hang around some people that want to get their mind right. Is there anybody in the room that just wants to get your mind right? Wants to get your mind to catch up with what your spirit already knows, with what the Holy Spirit already knows about your life, that wants to connect you with the people that Holy Spirit wants to connect you with. Do you understand you can't do this on your own? And I don't know why and who I'm telling this for because this ain't nothing that's in my notes. But you need to be connected with the body of Christ and you need to be connected with people because people, God will use people to change your destiny. Oh, we got a powerful testimony coming up over here in the next couple of weeks. I'm really believing God for an absolute miracle. I'm believing God for something that I have no business having because it's way, way, way out of a price range. But for the kingdom of God, mm, for the kingdom of God, he ain't broke. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And I'm trying to help some folks. And we're going to help some folks. But none of that's would happen if I wasn't connected with people and I wasn't sensitive to the Holy Spirit that, that got me to where I needed to go and connected with who I needed to be connected with. I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing. I've been in the room with millionaires before and I definitely was not one of them, but can I tell you that millionaires, they hang out with millionaires for a reason. It's because they don't want their mentality messed up. They don't want to be around people that can't think like them because when you hang around people that can't think like you, it will bring about destruction on your life. That's why it's not good for believers to constantly hang out with unbelievers. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm not saying you don't fulfill the Great Commission and go to them and preach to them and love on them, but what I'm telling you is that if you hang out with them constantly, their mentality will get on you. What I'm saying is that if you begin to hang out with those people all the time, their worldly mindset instead of a kingdom mindset, don't be surprised if it runs off on you. I'm closing. I'm closing here in just a second. I want, to check out, I want you to check this out right here. Turn to James 1.21. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains in wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted that is able to save your soul. The word implanted, which is able to save your soul. Didn't the the word say that Jesus came to save the souls of mankind? So first off, what this is saying is put off all filthiness and wickedness in your carnal mind, that old way of, of thinking, that old way of doing things you know, doing things your way and not God's way. Also, the old way that says you're never going to change and you're never going to be good enough. I just want to tell you all that right now. That is a tactic of the enemy that says you're not good enough, that says you're never going to make it, nobody cares about you, nobody loves you, God doesn't have purpose for you, how could God love you, you remember what you did last week, that is simply a tactic of the enemy so that he can get you to stay in your mind because if you stay in that place in your mind, so you will be. But that's the first thing, put off the old way of thinking. Some of you are asking, how do I do that? But check this out. It gives you the answer of how you do this. You do it by renewing the mind with the word which is able to save their soul. 
What is your soul? It is your mind, will, and emotion. So what that is saying is that the word of God can save this, which in return will save this, which in return will heal this, and you can be healed, hold, and delivered, and your soul can be saved. But you got to renew your mind with the word of God. So you renew your mind with the word of God, and everything else gets removed. I'm closing with this. Jordan, if y'all will come play a little something for me. Play a little something like, uh, just a little something, something. Hmm. Over here. I can't stand up there. This ain't going to work. Help me, Holy Ghost, and my wife. Oh, okay. All right. So this is your old way of thinking. Yo, hey, remember that? Yo, stinking thinking. I need to make sure I got enough, of, enough water in there. So that's your old mentalities. That's your old mindset. That's your old way of doing things. That's your stinking thinking. That's your, this is a representation, that's your, I'm not good enough, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm fearful, I've got all this anxiety, I've got all these issues, I've got all these problems. This is your old mind. But if you'll begin to renew it with the word of God, and just keep reading when you don't understand, and just keep studying when you don't even get it, and just keep coming to church when you don't feel like it. And just keep reading the word and studying the word of God. Listening to good preachers like Caleb McCall. <laughs> just reading the word. And let that implanted word just fill your mind. I'm going to make a mess. I don't even care. Just let the word of God just renew your mind. Let it change your mind. And watch this. You will push out every bit of what the enemy has tried to put in there or what you've put in there or with your experiences or with what you've walked through or what you went through as a child. The mind is a very powerful thing. And it's really capable of two things. Watch this. I heard Ron Carpenter say this, so I'm not going to take credit for this one. But it's, he said, to, he was talking about this. He said, it's capable of two things. It's capable of remembering and it's capable of imagining. If you live your life based on your old past experiences and the hurt and the pain and you stay in that place and you don't let God come in and heal you and you don't pour the word of God into your mind and into your mentality and into your heart and into your spirit you have not the ability to imagine where God wants to take you don't stay in the room of your mind come out into the house of your mind with your imagination and let God do something incredible right in between your ears 
which will dictate and determine where you end up. We got to renew our mind. Would you stand with me? Lift your hands. Come on, church, lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the word implanted today, as James 1.21 says, the word implanted is able to save our souls. God, let the word stick in their mind because it's not the word that comes and goes that changes their life. It's the word that comes and sticks that changes their life. Father, let them renew their mind through the word of God. As they read, as they study, even when they think they aren't getting it, even when they think they don't understand it, God, give them the courage and the faith to remember what was said today, that I've got to get the word so deep, so much inside of me that it changes the way that I think. And if I can change the way that I can think, I can change what I can do. And if I can change what I can do, I can change the way I feel. And I can end up where God has always called me to be. Father, help us to renew our mind. Help us to change the way that we think about those quote-unquote little sins that we've got going on in our minds, going on in our lives. Help them to change the way that they think about it. God, I'm not here to beat anybody up. I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm just here that says God has more for you than what you're living. God has more for you than what you're living out. God, help them to change the way that they think about it because you've got so much more for them to do, so much more for them to accomplish, and if they're walking in compromise, it'll be an impossibility for them to do so. Lord, change the way that we think. Start with me. God, right here is pastor of this church. Start with me, God. Help me to continuously be getting my mind to line up with what's already finished in heaven. My life is finished in God already. Help me to renew my mind so that my life lines up with what is finished in heaven. Help me to renew my mind. Help me to be gentle, Lord God. Help me, Jesus, change the way that I think as pastor of this church. Make sure that my heart, my mind is lined up with the will of heaven. Help us, Lord. As we read and study our word, let it renew us. Let it clean house just like it cleaned out this cup. Let the renewing of our mind push out every evil thought. Let the renewing of our mind push out every inch of fear and anxiety and worry. Let let the word of God push out every thought of lust that would come into our mind. Let the word push out every thought that says it's okay to walk in compromise. Let the word push out every evil deed and every evil thing. Let the word of God push out thoughts of inadequacy. Thoughts that say I'm not good enough. Thoughts that say I've made too many mistakes. God can't use me. Thoughts that say I'll never be good. Thoughts that say I'll never have a wife. Thoughts that say I'll never have a husband. Thoughts that say I'll never have kids. Thoughts that say I will never accomplish what God's called me to. I rebuke and cast out every thought right now that would come against the will of God and try to raise itself up against the knowledge of God. Father, we thank you for what's took place in the house today. 
mentality shifted and changed in the name of Jesus. The church said amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.